Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with two-time Super Bowl winner Carl Banks and the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Carl, six and one. I mean, it's blowing me away. I mean, I'm loving the ride, but this is nuts. Well, listen, there there are some reasons why they're playing good defense. They're running the football well, uh, and the quarterback is doing a really good job of executing the offense, given the tools that they have available. Daniel Jones was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for this week, 200 yards passing. Career high, 107 yards rushing. And Carl, when you go back and look at the game, he played, I'm going to go back to an Eli term. He played an elite game on Sunday. I mean, it, it was unbelievable to watch. It, it really was unbelievable to watch. He was in the zone. He was, he was, he was so t- in tune with what this team needed, not just from play to play, but emotionally too. And the thing that really makes me laugh now is you'll have people say, well, he only threw X amount of passes in the second half of the game. They did what they had to do to win the football game. Um, To discount anything that Daniel Jones is doing this season is just, you're just being a bitter person. Um, And you just hate to be wrong about this kid, but you know, you can say he didn't throw enough passes. He threw enough to win. Um, Man, the drops were ridiculous. Well, the drops were ridiculous, but what's wrong with a quarterback who does everything right to win the game? Like, don't fast forward to what's happening next year, folks. Don't rewind to, to what you said about this team and this quarterback, what he would never be. Live in the moment and appreciate or at least acknowledge the good job, the great job he's doing executing this offense. Don't tell me, well, they're only asking him to do certain things. That's in every, that's on every football team. They only ask him to do certain things. Now they have to do them in order for the team to win. And that's what Daniel Jones is doing. So give credit where it's due. The kid is playing lights out. Yeah, and when people say they only ask him to do certain things, yeah, they're asking him to only do certain things because they know what he's playing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean, Wondell Robinson is starting to come around a little bit. You know, Slayton's making some plays for them. He had the 32-yard touchdown. You know, you and I were a little hard on him during the broadcast about that one drop along the near sideline, but then when we saw the replay, I mean, it's pretty hard to catch a ball when someone's whacking a forearm across your face mask as the ball's coming. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's throwing a Sills and Marcus Johnson, all due respect to these guys. I mean, what do you want? Dable and Kafka to like dial up plays that they ran for Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs. They don't have those guys. They don't have right. Kelsey at tight end. And it, so here's, here's the other thing. You want to have this criticism of Daniel Jones when his receivers are dropping and you got the guy in green Bay who has higher drafted receivers who are dropping balls and you can do 
everything but blame that quarterback, right? You can blame his receivers, but you and, and discount them as a reason why that quarterback isn't playing well. When this quarterback is he he didn't hadn't complained, he just keeps lining up and finding ways to win football games with the receivers that he has. Carl, one of the things that, you know, here, here's the thing about this team that I find really intriguing. In the past, you know, when guys would get injured during a game, and look, they lost their starting left guard and their starting rookie right tackle in this football game. And in the past, you know, there would always be this little bit of a, a panic that I would feel like, oh, man, you know, I know they're kind of thin. You know, this is this is a yeah. death knell. And it's like these guys, this coaching staff is not faced. They just bring in another guy. They try their best to compensate and help that other guy because, listen, the guy that they're bringing in for Evan Neal is not as good as Evan Neal. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. But they find ways, and it's like they just keep going. And then Bellinger, he's got to have eye surgery, so now they'll bring in some other tight ends. But you, it, it's amazing when you have confidence in coaching that these things don't really stress you out as much as a, as a fan or an observer. Well, you're talking about like the adjustments they make post game to injuries, the in game adjustments <clears throat> that they've made when injuries occur is, is nothing short of impressive Bob, because think about when an offensive lineman went out last year, it was like, Oh boy. And you just knew it was going to be disaster. One guy goes down on that offensive line and the whole thing falls apart. This season, we've seen it. They've had guys in there and somehow they weren't deterred from passing the football or running certain plays. They just, you know, they coach them up extremely well. And these players have really taken to the teaching and the coaching and the culture of this 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 staff and i think that's why we see guys able to step up and do their best you know feel good story nick gates is going to be added to the active roster remember last year he was the starting center they moved him over to guard and he got hurt in washington and he suffered one of those richie soybert kind of injuries and he is you know work relentlessly and diligently to get back and uh I mean, it's it's a it's a remarkable story that this guy has even gotten back. And, and we see him in the cafeteria. He's such a positive guy, mm -hmm. um, works hard, um, you know, and, you know, it's all about team. Look, he he was a he was an undrafted guy coming into the NFL. So he wasn't a silver spoon guy by any stretch. But I mean, think about this, Carl. I mean, what what a testament to his his courage and his desire to get back. Well, and the thing is, like you say, he's a great person. He's very deserving of this opportunity. And he's a good football player. He was really starting to come on uh, prior to the injury in the Washington game. So uh, we keep our, our fingers crossed that a kid like that can resume his career and, and kind of get back on track. And I say that as, you know, not as a, as a, as a giant fan, but 
you know, as, as someone who's seen a really good person, a really hard worker uh, in this league, really put everything on the line to get back healthy again. So I, I really do want to see him have success. Is there anything better than when we're doing a game on the road? I think about like the Tampa game a couple of years ago. Is it, is it, is it, is there anything better than when there's more Giants fans than the home team? Wow, that was just phenomenal in Jacksonville. The entire, uh, what would it be the right side of the section, depending on where you're looking, but the entire lower bowl from end zone, half the end zone to the other half the end zone was all Giants fans. They literally took up half the stadium seats. I mean, to the fact that, I mean, the Jaguars were getting called for false starts because of crowd noise in their own <laughs> I building. Know. I know that was, that was just an incredible, uh, incredible sight to see. And it speaks volumes too. And, and we continue to talk about this culture shift um, with this team, but the fans, and I, I talked about it last year that this, this fan apathy that was going to soon turn into fan atrophy, atrophy, and you can see they're coming back. They're regenerate. The energy is regenerating amongst the fan base. They're traveling well, every home game. Uh, they're there in full throat. And it, it's Giant Stadium is not an Airbnb by Halloween this year. Uh, a Giant Stadium or MetLife Stadium is a home. You know, it is the, the Giants' home now. They've made that house a home. If they continue to play like this, these fans will just continue just to love what they're doing. Uh, according to Elias, the Giants are the first team ever in NFL history to start six and one or better and have each of the first seven games decided by one possession. And I mean, there is some real truth to this concept of winning breeds confidence. And mm -hmm. this team, they just keep, plugging and plugging and plugging and making improvements during the game and fixing things during the game and things that gashed them earlier don't gash them as much and you know you could see that they expect and this is like a hard the concept for Giants fans if you think about the last 10 years with the exception of 2016 when they won all those nail biters and they were more of a defensive team than anything else and they won a bunch of close games when you think about what the last 10 years are like and how over the span of seven games, the mindset for the players, the fans ownership and everybody is, Hey, if the giants are down four or six or seven with six minutes to go, everybody believes they're going to win the game. That's yeah, look, nuts. Because there's, there hasn't been, and this is a credit to these players and the constant adjustments to staff make. There hasn't been a game where you felt, well, this is not their week. That it just felt like they were just out of it and it was getting worse. Now, there have been some series where you're saying, boy, they better get this fixed. Like in Baltimore, in Baltimore. Um, even in Jacksonville, there was some, there was a few series where you're saying, boy, they better get it fixed. And they did. But you just didn't get the feeling that any team just walked in and just overwhelmed the Giants, and they just had no, no answer, no solution. Um, they just seemed to continue to hang around, 
have enough plays at the end of the game or have enough plays at the beginning of the game to get them in it. And then they just kind of hold the rope until they can uh, find a play down the stretch. Basketball season is back. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As you continued as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA. Tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to Bet Online, join, get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. You know, another testament to how this team has energized their fan base, Carl, is I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine that on a lark, they live in the Naples, Fort Myers area. They huge Giants fans. My man Lou Bavaro, Mickle Bob's. Uh, famous ribs down there, crazy giant fan. You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to just drive up. I'm going to get tickets. So he drove up, went to the game. And after the game on Sunday, as I was on my way to Atlanta to do this college golf, um, a buddies of mine that, you know, they, they've got a few bucks. They're like, we're making the trip to Seattle. We decided we're making the trip to Seattle. And we'll, we'll get tickets by wow. hook or by crook. You know, it's one thing to live in Florida and drive. It's another thing to live in New Jersey and fly, fly down to Florida. It's another thing to say, I'm going to Seattle. Yeah. That's basically like going to London the other way. Yeah. And, and my good friend, Fran called me. It's same thing there. There, her stepson's getting married and it was just going to be her and, and her husband, Rick. And the next thing you know, she's like, Banks, Can you put me in touch with the Giants ticket manager? We got like 12 people that want to go to the game. Uh, we're going to go to the wedding and then we're all going to the game. So they're looking for like 12 seats in, in Seattle. So it is, it is quite a, quite a moment for Giants fans. And, and listen, folks, we don't know um, when the injuries will catch up. You know, at some point you're going to face a team and the adjustments and the talent that you have may not be enough or that that one drop may come back to haunt you because the margin of error is, is, is not that, that big in certain games. But you see that this team is ready every week, they're prepared every week, and they play hard every week. And that's all you can ask for. Uh, and, and, and then knowing that in certain respects, they're exceeding your expectations because you expected to have two other guys that are playing receiver that were either drafted or brought in. They don't exist right now, right? So you're playing the cards you dealt, right? You're, you're expecting um, Azizo Jolari. He's been injured off, you know, off and on. And um, Shane Zimenez has been in and out. But when those guys are present, and those two guys are present, um, you see a difference. So there's, there's a lot to be encouraged about just the fact that they can prepare for every game. They have a plan for every game and the players execute it. Yeah. And let's face it outside of the bills and the chiefs. I mean, there's no real monsters in the NFC. When you get to seven games into the season, Carl, um, and the bucks are where the bucks are. 
And at first it was, well, Brady doesn't have his receivers. Well, those guys are back now. Mike Evans dropped a, a walk-in touchdown last mm-hmm. week. The Packers at seven games in, and Rodgers is saying that, hey, maybe guys that keep making the same mistakes shouldn't be out there. The Rams look like a team that's got a Super Bowl hangover and the quarterback's taking a lot of hits, and he mm-hmm. came into the season injured anyway. So you, and so you look at it, it's like, all right, Philadelphia is undefeated. I think when when Dak gets his sea legs under him, I think the Cowboys are going to be a dangerous team. But there's no Bills or Chiefs in the NFC. And when you get seven games into the season, you know, the 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 die starts to begin, starts to become cast as to mm-hmm. what these teams are or aren't. And the Giants are winning. And that's just a fact. That's the bottom line. Like they just continue to win. And like you said, like you look at this conference. Where are the juggernauts? Right? Um, it's as it's as much the Giants as it is anybody else's. Now, Philadelphia's playing the best football probably in the conference right now. Um but other than that, listen, the Giants should feel like their chances are as good as any as long as they continue to play at the level or better than where they are. And here's another thing, too, um, and I'll share this with our audience, but you know, talking to Coach Dable uh, after the game and a few of his coaches, he really wasn't happy. You know, and and he said that, you know, Brian Cox is his guy to tell him it's okay to smile. It's okay to enjoy a win. And, you know, he he openly said, Banks, I wasn't, you know, I almost felt like I lost that game. And the guys had to remind me that, hey, we won. So we'll fix it, but we can't make these guys feel like they lost when they actually won a game. But he's like, listen, there is no compromise to winning and the things that it takes to win. Uh, he'll never back down on, but you know, he, he was a guy like, yeah, they won. He was happy for his guys. And he had to be reminded that he did win because he didn't feel like it because there were a lot of things that were left on the table, especially the longest minute and 40 seconds of the giants franchise history, you know, where, where everything that could go wrong went wrong until they got to stop at the end. All right, so let's fast forward here, Carl, to Seattle, uh, because guess what? Their four and three record has them in first place in the NFC West. Geno mm-hmm. Smith leads the NFL in completion percentage. Um, I mean, he's thrown what eleven touchdowns, three interceptions. He's playing lights out ball now. DK Metcalf's not playing in the game. Uh, they got Marquise Goodwin, veteran receiver. Tyler Lockett has always been a fantastic player, especially on those deep balls. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle doesn't stop the run. They're 29th against the run. Seattle runs the ball well, especially with this kid, Kenneth Walker, who's Walk. taken over for yeah. Rashad Penny. So, um, I mean, is it like the same formula for this game again? Like yeah, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then make plays. Well, you just got to make plays and, and you've got to mix it up because, um, the team that is not very good against the run. Normally, it's a team that will put uh, as many resources as possible to stop it. So you've got to be prepared to pass first, similar to what happened in Jacksonville. Uh, They came out pass first, and then they ended up getting to the run. Um, 
but in Seattle's case, listen, I've been, there's been no bigger critic of Geno Smith than me. And um, I tip my hat to the kid because he has done a great job of, of, of what they're asking him in Seattle. I think maturity has, has played a part in that. His, I, I, you know, I don't know if he's ever not been dedicated, but I think his, his commitment to being a starter this go round is really showing up. Uh, he's got arm talent. He's got pocket mobility. They're giving him, and I don't want to sound like I'm diminishing what he's doing, but they're giving him a quarterback friendly system to run. Now, when I say that is they'll give him a lot of receivers in one area. They'll give him, well, DK Metcalf can beat anybody. And if he can lock in on that and throw a good ball, he does that. So he's executing well, but he is a, he's really good thrower of the football. His ball placement has been great this year. Uh, he's thrown in some tight windows. He's thrown, you know, dropped it in on some, some deep ball. So I got nothing but, but good things to say about him because he's, he's done a really good job uh, of, of, of really getting his career in the direction that he probably always thought it would be going. Yeah. I mean, Geno Smith leads the NFL with eight deep touchdown passes this year. And that according to next gen stats is a pass where the ball travels more than 20 yards in the air. So, I mean, they're not, they're not scared to air it out. They're not scared to take those deep shots. Um, Lockett is Lockett is really good. Like he, he's got really good short area quickness. He can play. He's a receiver who can play inside or outside. And great short area quickness, uh, can run intermediate routes, and he runs deep routes. So I would I would think that that's going to be a guy they look for a lot this week too. Carl, you, in your career, um, I guess when you when you first started with the Giants, right? Weren't the the Seahawks were in the AFC? So yes. um, you had a chance to go up to that old kingdom, which was a concrete just yeah. piece of junk uh but they still have the crowd noise up there i mean the giants did win in seattle two years ago but that was during the pandemic when there was no fans in the stands right dead silent um but you know it almost feels like dable will have them prepared for the crowd noise and all that other stuff and it's almost like it's a non-factor i think that's one of the beauties of dable he doesn't play up those kind of things no, like he, when he does his pressers and stuff like that, so you know, the crowd noise. Yeah, well, we prepare for that, and we got our stuff, and we got our stuff in place for when there's crowd noise or whatever. But he doesn't overemphasize stuff so that it becomes almost a frenzy, like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like the noise is going to really hamper what we do. And you know what? Help, you know what keeps the noise down? Running the ball. You yeah. hand the ball off, and you get six yards of carry. Noise doesn't become a factor, in right? The game. And that is that is Brian Dable's philosophy. He believes that offense is run from the inside out. So the communication, as far as he's concerned, is is that offensive line and those those runners, and getting running plays done so that once that crowd quiets down, you can work the outside uh, of your offense. But he's an inside out uh, coach. Anything else that you see in this game that you want to share with the fans? Well, listen, I think one thing I'll share is that when you look at the way this team has traveled, 
um, it's been a pretty impressive, you know, to go to London, to come home, play a really good team, then fly to, um, to Jacksonville. Now you're going all the way across the country, but uh, they've been good on the road. Um, I suspect that they're going to come in. They'll be prepared for it. As long as you got a healthy Daniel Jones and a healthy uh, Saquon Barkley, they'll be fine. Yeah, and they got the, uh, you know, teams have a, teams have the option. You know, the NFL offers up a buy after the London trip or any international game. The team, and we're seeing more and more teams choosing to pass on that, that buy. And, you know, the Giants requested to pass on it, and they were awarded that. And uh, same thing with the Packers. It hasn't worked out for Green Bay so much. But, you know, now they're going to get this game in. And they're going to get the bye after their eighth game, which is about the midway point of the season, which is when you think about training camp and the preseason games, it's actually a little, it's more like two thirds into it. So it, yeah. the bye comes for them really at the perfect time. Yeah. And they can get some guys healthy. And, you know, some of the guys who have uh, not participated at all this season, we'll see, you know, whether they come back available to play, but um this will be a challenge. You know, this is not any, well, none of the Giants games are easy because they're not built that way, right? Uh, but Kenneth Walker is going to be a challenge to this defense. Um, I think that has got to be priority number one. Uh, and when you talk about setting the edge, and I did it in my strategy session uh, with Kenneth Walker, setting the edge doesn't mean just being there. You got to be outside and up the field because. If it's even, he's leaving. If it's a tie, it's going to the runner. So you've got to literally defeat your guy on the edge and show your body. Because if he sees his guy blocking you, even if you've got him maybe a half yard in the backfield, he can make the cut and get around the edge. And once he's around the edge, he's gone. And he's, he's as good as they come in terms of making guys miss in the open field. Yeah, he's tied for third in the NFL with five rushes of 20 or more yards. And he didn't start the season. Um, no, no, he didn't start the season. I mean, as a starter, since Penny got hurt, he's averaging 132 yards rushing. Barkley yeah. is second in the NFL with six carries of 20 or more yards. Uh, and then you add the Daniel Jones running factor in all this, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun trip. Um, and again, it's it's you know it it, it this takes me back to like 2000. 7 2008 2009 10 11 were like every game you go to now you're expecting that the giants are going to win and 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 i got to be honest with you for me and this is no disrespect to anybody else that was here uh, they were all guys that we worked with closely the previous head coaches but to me carl this is the first time since tom coughlin and his great staff left this is the first time I feel like when we go when we're in a game that the Giants have an advantage against the opposing team as far as coaching strategy adjustments and everything else. Yeah, I agree. Um, both sides of the football, but there's not a bend but don't break philosophy uh, within Wink Martindale. Wink wants your off. He wants the offense to have to execute against what he does under duress. If it's a game-ending situation, 
he's going to give you something. He's not going to rush one guy and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bend, but don't break. He's always got something he's going to do to change the tempo of what you want to do. And then offensively, they always have something in the bag and wink does too. There's always something in his bag that he hadn't shown all game that break in case of emergency uh, type of play. He's got that. And Mike Kafka has that because you'll see the adjustments from half to half. And then you'll start to see adjustments late in quarters where all of a sudden you're like, they didn't show that all game. And it caught them off guard and it gave the giants an advantage. Well, let's wrap it up, Carl. I know you like to uh, always urge our fans. Yeah. There's only one way for believe in giants. And that is tell a friend to tell a friend, believe in giants. It costs you nothing to subscribe. That's why you got to tell a friend and make sure they tell one as well. For Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa. Thanks for joining us for this edition of believe in giants. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.